Welcome to the Progressive Conservatives. My name is Dr. Rand Michael, and this is my wife, Catherine Michael. And we wanted to start a podcast to share our thoughts and lives with all of you. Our views are not representative of any branch of the U.S. military, nor any institution we're affiliated with. So just to get started, I'd like to give you a little bit of background about myself. Uh, in high school, I was into sports as well as academics, always to try and top my older brother, Josh. And I um, ran track, I swam, and in college, I went to Johns Hopkins University, majoring in molecular cellular biology. I played rugby, ended up doing a master's in biotechnology with a concentration in biodefense, and then went to medical school at Rowan School of Osteopathic Medicine and with a Air Force scholarship. And now I am a active duty general surgery um, resident at UC Davis and Travis Air Force Base in Northern California. And here's my wife. Hi, uh, again, I'm Catherine. Um, I also did lots of athletics in high school. Um, I played field hockey for a little until uh, tearing both my knees. Um, I'm in a sky and having surgery. Then I switched over to track and did um, high jump mainly through high school and college. Um, and I did hold um, the school record in high school and college. Um, I also went to Johns Hopkins, studied molecular and cellular biology. That's where Randy and I met at uh, the gym. Um, and we were both personal trainers there. We both did uh, sports nutrition certifications. Um, he also did CrossFit uh, certification. Um, anyway, uh, I ended up also doing a master's. Um, at the public health school, Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and my focus was in, um, what was it, reproductive and cancer biology with a certificate in maternal and child health. Um, I'm in my fifth year of medical school. Um, I took off to uh, have babies, so I've taken long maternity leaves, um, and that is definitely my passion. I started working as a doula. I'm very passionate about um, birth and advocating for women and children and um, optimizing health, um, as is Randy. Yeah, so we, as you can tell, we have a variety of passions, and mine is kind of center around health and fitness, especially around um, injury and pain, and even further, prevention of of some of the harmful narratives that are passed around in common culture and common society surrounding pain. Uh, I'm sure if you've ever been in a commercial gym, you've seen the 50-year-old guy talking about his high school glory days of what he used to be able to bench but can't anymore because of his bum shoulders, bum hips, bum lower back, you name it. And that is the kind of idea that I'm centrally focused on um, destabilizing in common culture that I'm focused on supporting and educating the masses so that everyone may be capable of achieving whatever their um, fitness goals in the context of uh, optimal for each person's health. Yeah, so um, we wanted to start this podcast just to give a 
insider look to our everyday lives and our conversations. Um, Something that we've heard from several friends over the years is that um, they really appreciate our unique husband-wife uh, discussions that we have. We, they call them quote-unquote um, uh, intellectual conversations that they're surprised by. We often discuss politics and parenting and medical advances, new research, um, opinions on random things, the news, uh, workouts, and so... Um, one thing that we are we pride ourselves on and that we you know where we got the name for this podcast is that we are a very um christian conservative family with traditional values um but we also work hard every day to be very open minded explore um explore topics that we don't know as much about we always try to become educated before forming opinions um on things and we definitely have situations where we've gone a complete 180 on an idea based on new information um and we're always just trying to grow as humans as parents as spouses and um and so we're constantly learning and we really use each other as um sounding boards for that and we figured we'd we'd give you a an ear yeah, so to kind of lay out a table of contents of our the areas that we focus on and uh, the areas of topics that we might be discussing in future podcasts are the seven F's, thanks to my Aunt Susan. They are family, friends, fun, fitness, future, finances, and faith. And faith. So as Catherine mentioned... Um, we identify as Christian, and I specifically, I was raised Jewish. I had a bar mitzvah. I was confirmed in the 10th grade. For those of you that don't know that Jews also get confirmed in temple. Um, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior during medical school. Um, thanks to the CMDA, Christian Medical and Dental Association Network in South Jersey region. And that's been a, an amazing journey so far. We've volunteered on a medical missions trip in the Dominican Republic. Um, We're constantly incorporating our faith into our actions and studying our faith so that we we may um, glorify God for the gift that he gives us each day. Yeah. Um, We definitely feel like prophecy is one of the, the gifts that... I have. We like, you know, helping to explain things to others, to discuss things with others, um, you know, bring information to people. So we're always here also for feedback and questions, things you'd want us to um, talk about. But um, yeah, we um, we're looking forward to discussing all types of things. Um, from medical to fitness to parenting, faith and budgeting, um, diet, uh, work-life balance and maternity leave. And um, we also really, I in particular, make a very concerted effort to be 
aware of um, resources available to people uh, in the United States um, to help with um, health and just life optimization. So I'll uh, make an effort to share those on here as well, especially pertaining to topics that we discuss. And to expand on the family part a little bit too, just in case this um, recording gets disrupted, we have we currently have a two and a half year old named Lily, and she's napping in the stroller <laughs> currently. After I had just finished a run and she knocked out, we figured we'd let her relax a little. Mm-hmm. And we also have a three month old Lottie, who has just been the best baby you'd ever meet so far. <laughs> Yeah, we're very shocked. Lily was not uh, the best sleeper, uh, the easiest sleeper ever. (laughs) Um, We spent a year and a half of, you know, difficulties getting through sleeping. So Lottie just kind of like sleeps anywhere, like easily by herself. And I know she's a unicorn child because it is not, um, it's not normal. (laughs) We're grateful for that. But um, yeah, we love, we love our kids. We love um, parenting. To further expand where we are in our life currently, I'm on a trauma surgery rotation, um, which is um, very demanding um, in terms of hours and eighty hours a week and um, energy. Um, so I actually completed a twenty-six hour shift between yesterday through this morning. I took a four-hour nap and then came home. And uh, Catherine, where were you? When I came, when I was coming home. I took the girls to um, a local lake to go play on the beach and uh, do a little hike with the dog. We have a dog and a cat, too. And so when I got home, um, part of Catherine and my um, agreement, balance, yeah. is that I try to get my workout and like my fitness done on my time. So that could be seen as my time, me getting home while she and the girls are busy. So I took the opportunity to tidy up the house a bit, to eat some food, and to get my workout done. I did um, cleans, shoulder press, and back squat today to balance um, exercise during residency, especially during these tough hour rotations. I have scheduled two movements six days a week that are combinable. So I did three movements plus a run today, which are two separate days because I was working for all of 24 hours Um, or 26 hours total, I didn't exercise at all yesterday. So those two, which were the cleans and the run, got bumped to today. So I completed four total, like I said, cleans, shoulder press, squats, and um, a sprint workout today. And um, so far this year, I think it's been working pretty well. I usually have at least one child with me in our garage gym or on a run. Like I mentioned, Lily came with me on the run. She enjoys all the sights and going fast. Um, so then where I am, obviously, if I was at the beach today, I'm not, uh, working. (laughs) So, um, I'm still on maternity leave with, um, Lottie and I have chosen with both my girls to take, um, a full year unpaid maternity leave, um, to benefit their growth and bonding and attachment and allow myself to recover from pregnancy and postpartum. And, um, Thankfully, I've had the flexibility in medical school to do that, sometimes doing some, um, completing some requirements from home, from afar, uh, online, 
um, doing some research. I spent my first maternity leave doing a lot of um, research into um, breastfeeding and, um, you know, laws and rates and resources. And so that really um, helped a lot. But um, for right now, I'm off. Uh, I completed um, my last work June 30th because of COVID and everything. I was actually able to continue working from home um, even 30 hours after Lottie was born. Um, And I was doing patient care uh, over telemedicine. And so, um, but now I'm completely free and I really enjoy spending the days with both girls. It can be a little bit stressful um, because it's all me pretty much all the time, at least 80 hours a week. It's just me um, with them, but um, I'm really growing a lot and uh, enjoying this priceless time that um, I can never get back. And I'm incredibly proud of Catherine for her dedication to spending time with the girls, to giving them the attention that they crave and enjoy. And um, Lily has just been thriving with um, gaining new skills and new abilities through her gymnastics, through Mm -hmm. swimming, Mm -hmm. through going to the bathroom by herself even today. Mm -hmm. And I think without the secure attachment that Catherine's developed with her, like that she would not be doing nearly as well, um, especially, and to give a little bit more context, she was born four weeks early, mm-hmm. and yeah, so um, Catherine can speak a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, she was just, she was about a month um, early. Uh, I had uh, P-PROM, which is uh, preterm, premature rupture of membranes, um, and I had to be induced with Lily, um, so I wanted as natural of a birth as possible, but I still had to have... Um, Pitocin, and we were really um, concerned about her development. Now, thankfully, she didn't need any um, serious medical care or NICU stay, but um, she definitely does have some um, brain-related delays, like cognitively, um, because, you know, the brain... um, like grows by like 50 percent in the last four weeks of gestation and so um there's a lot of development that's missed out when um a baby is early so anyway she's you know thriving she's doing really well and I've done everything I could afterward to um help make up for that and so um so what was going on today Catherine that um kind of activated your emotions? Oh, um, well, something that's gone on for years is just the whole social media, um, experience, you know, I, um, I don't get to socialize like in person with a lot of people, especially now with COVID and living across the country from most of our family and friends. So um, we really use social media a lot to get in touch with them. And um, being that we live in New Jersey before and Baltimore before and California before, (laughs) these are obviously typically um, blue states. And um, so we have a lot of friends who have... um, differing political uh, traditions and value beliefs um, than us. And so we often use that forum to have discussions, spread education, um, and learn about different viewpoints. And um, today, you know, was just another one of them, happened to be a family member 
kind of spread from yesterday, um, posting uh, more of an inflammatory meme. Um, and I tend not to worry about them much when it's just regarding political parties. But the one um, topic that I'm specifically passionate about is um, abortion. So um, most politics, like I said, I don't mind um, one way or another, or I don't know enough about, because um, I don't have enough time in the day to learn uh, expertly every every topic of um, politics. But abortion is something I do know uh, a lot about. Um, I know a lot of the statistics. I took um, a cl- classes about it um, as part of my public health degree and my maternal and child health studies. And I've also been involved in many organizations related to um, pregnancy, prenatal care, and um, and anti-abortion advocacy. So when I see something like that, um, you know, I really like to spread information, like I said, and resources. And so this person said that Democrats don't believe in um, murdering babies. And I explained that, you know, that... Babies are babies when they come out of the womb and before they don't get magically transformed when they are delivered. And, um, of course, the person wanted to argue semantics and say, well, that's one opinion. And I said, all right, well, let's use a different word. And how about we use the word human? Because that's not something like that you can choose to define however you'd like. Um, as baby is, people like to differentiate zygote and fetus and baby but a human is a human, and uh, that's scientifically non-debatable um, because it has distinct human DNA uh, and is its own organism. So anyway, um, my the typical response is what I received from one of the friends on there that, oh, you know, women don't have enough education or resources or birth control and there's not enough like resources for helping women if they were to have a baby and so um, I always love to reply to that to help women and other people on Facebook learn that there are so many resources um, out there. There are federally qualified health centers all across the country that will provide free or low-cost sliding scale health care for pregnant women, for children, for um, mental health, dental, um, and they're very accessible. Um, They are in pretty much all areas. There's rural health centers and there's uh, federally qualified health centers in cities anyway, and there's also pregnancy resource centers that uh, anti-abortion advocates have helped to create uh, widely um, to provide resources for pregnant women, to provide ultrasounds, to help provide um, just anything that they might need um, to continue their pregnancy and then to support them in getting on their own two feet. and aside from that, the uh, the federally qualified health centers, going back to that, also provide birth control. Um, so before you're pregnant, you can go there and uh, get all kinds of effective birth control. Though we know that actually about half of women having abortions were using birth control, so that's not the best. Um, that's not the best solution. Definitely, um, the best solution is making responsible sexual choices and that is the choice that we believe in we are pro choice whether to have sex and that's why we are also huge anti-human trafficking advocates and anti-rape advocates and um and we are very um 
We are very pro um, teaching consent. We work on that with our girls a ton. You know, that's something that a lot of parents don't think about, but we are huge about our kids giving consent to family members, to friends for any type of touch, whether it's tickle or play or wrestling or hugs or kisses. Nobody, uh, you know, is ever is ever forced. So this is how our tangent uh, conversations usually go. <laughs> to give a little bit more context to, to the reproductive health um, conversation is that we actually both um, were pro-choice in regards to abortion um, even as soon as seven or so years ago. Yeah, in college. Mm-hmm. In college. We and grew up, you know, in the in those in the bubbles bubbles. Uh, Mm -hmm. yes and as we learned more and looked up the statistics and met women who have had abortions and participated in sexual education Mm -hmm. um, especially in urban centers and those of the most vulnerable we realized the gravity of the situation we met third trimester abortionists Mm -hmm. and heard the way they speak and how um how easily they granted abortions regardless of the seriousness of the matter. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is an area that we are extremely passionate about in, in all senses. In, and by that I mean protecting those who are most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That includes the unborn. That includes women in... Um, rape situations. In rape situations and... Um, all people who are vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't just advocate and spread resources, though that is what I'm able to do on a daily basis. Like, I'm always able to go on Facebook or Instagram and share a pregnancy resource or something like that. But we also um, physically uh, help to donate and participate. Like Randy mentioned, I actually did teach um, sex education in Baltimore. I taught it in um, seventh grade um, schools and I I taught it in rehab facilities. And now um, it was really important for me to be involved in this Be More for Healthy Babies initiative, um, specifically with the the sex ed, um, because um, that's a concern of mine. Like having quote-unquote sex ed in middle school where you're teaching kids that it's okay to have sex or that it's okay to do this that or the other thing like that's not appropriate and that's not what i believe in okay to have sex like flippantly as a as a choice no of no greater gravity than choosing what to wear for the day and so i wanted to be part of that narrative that was being taught and help to guide it in an appropriate direction where i taught these kids about their um physical development what's normal what to expect. Um, I taught them about the different birth control options that exist and their failure rates. And I think that's an important part that's often skipped over in this education. You know, when I experienced it, um, it's, you know, like, oh, use this and you won't get pregnant. Well, obviously, we know 50% of women are having failed uh, birth control methods and then getting pregnant, um, having abortions. So um, anyway, Getting back to the point, um, I taught that. We um, donate to pregnancy resource centers. We were really involved with AlphaCare in um, Philadelphia while we lived over that area. Um, But now we're in Sacramento, and so we um, help donate. Like this year, we donated school supplies to Sacramento Children's House to help support crisis um, children's. Um, 
we've donated um, formula. We don't use formula with our children. So when we had free samples, we, um, we donated that all to the Crisis Children's House. And then I also specifically donate um, breast milk to mothers in need. Some mothers are medically or otherwise incapable of breastfeeding and we know medically that breast milk is the best form of nutrition for infants um and so i you know i'm blessed with the ability to breastfeed and so i try my best to um use that to benefit others um etc we and randy can offer more so it's my turn for a tangent now (laughs) that i wanted to discuss nutrition a bit because it's a commonly misunderstood topic, even among healthcare professionals. And it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, so for the main tenets of nutrition that kind of every, I believe everyone should be paying attention to are um, total calories in terms of that can be counting and using an app like MyFitnessPal to diary um, your intake, or it can be in terms of intuitive, um, like by... Um, filling up half your plate or uh, the eyeball um, method, although that is less accurate. And by keeping um, some kind of semblance of consistency across total calories and by having some kind of consistent measurement in body weight, you can see whether you're in a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit. And when it comes down to it, um, just the way that thermodynamics works factually is that if you're in enough of a caloric surplus, um, for long enough, you're going to start gaining weight. And if you're in enough of a caloric deficit for long enough, you will start losing weight. And what determines your caloric maintenance, though, which would be halfway or in between a surplus and a deficit, is a moving target. And it's actually a range, as we've seen in more recent studies. And there is a practical maintenance calories and there's a theoretical maintenance calories. Um, the theoretical maintenance calories can be used, can be calculated with a straight mathematical formula, which is your BMR, and then taking into account a multiplier based on your total daily energy expenditure. Um, but in practicality, there are other things that influence your output, so to speak, the amount of calories that your body is burning per day. Um, That includes the thermic effect of food, which is more fibrous or more protein meals are burning, causing your body to burn more calories. In addition to um, level of non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is um, NEAT for short. Um, So that's like the amount of steps you're doing. Um, If you're bouncing your leg even contributes to NEAT. And um, so these are all uh, in addition to hormone levels, of course. So you have people who might be um, hypothyroid or have something like PCOS or endometriosis that might be influencing their output. Um, So that would be changing their practical maintenance calories from the theoretical. And so when some people say um, that counting calories doesn't work or calories in versus calories out doesn't work, they are actually ignoring other aspects of the equation because that it's just factual. It's like saying sometimes when you drop something, it might go up. No, it's going to go down every time in absence of a vacuum of some sort or in space. But if you're on Earth, if you're dropping something, it's going to go down. If you are in a caloric deficit based on your practical maintenance calories, you're going to lose weight. And um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And 
So I think those are important things to take into account when, with, like I mentioned, total calories. And then next most important would be protein intake. And that would be for maintaining lean body mass, especially when you're losing weight, or for building lean mass as you're gaining weight. Um, because I'm, I'm going off on a limb and saying most people would prefer to bias lean mass as opposed to fat mass. Um, and as studies would show that that decreases all-cause mortality risk as well. Um, so this is a topic, as you can see, that I'm clearly passionate about and love talking about. So please reach out um, with questions on anything that you've heard us talk about that might not be clear or you might have questions on. Do you have anything to add, Catherine? I think we can leave uh, the rest for any responses that we get or just what uh, comes up in the future. Yeah, so we're planning to do this between whenever one and can. a few. Yeah, whenever we can. <laughs> we'll see what happens with uh, our Yeah, so schedules. thanks for taking a listen if you made it this far. And we look forward to hearing from you with any feedback you'd be willing to share. Thank you. Lily, say goodnight. Say bye-bye. Say bye. <laughs> she doesn't want to. All right, <laughs> bye. bye.